Are you a team manager struggling to lead your team well? Have you been asked to lead HR, but it's your first time? Or are you an HR pro looking for your tribe? While We Were Working is the show for you. With quick tips and tough topics in 30 minutes or less, the Jumpstart HR team is here for you. So let's get into it. Yes, let's get into it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of While We Were Working. It's all about HR for the small business and topics you may have missed while you were working. As always, joined by my excellent co-host, Summer Heatron, lead HR consultant here at Jumpstart. Say hello to the people. Hi, Joey. Hey, everybody out there. Drop us some comments. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know where you're, where you're joining us from. Yeah, let us know where you're joining from. Let us know what your role is, all that fun stuff. We'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Um, we do chat back to people that are tuning in on uh, our LinkedIn Live. Uh, but if you're tuning into this on a podcast or video um, in the future, just you know, post it on social media, tag us, and we'll, we'll jump back in. So without further ado, we're going to jump into High Low Buffalo. High Low Buffalo is our segment that we like to highlight that's uh, the, the highs of the week, the lows of the week, and then a random fun fact that you may not have known um, about us or just random fun trivia that you should know. <laughs> and uh, Gary, thanks for joining us. All right, so Summer, kick it off. What's your high-low Buffalo? My high of the week was definitely seeing the excitement from my pets after being away. Uh, I have a cat and a dog, and you would think that they haven't seen me in years. Uh, so it's always fun to be reunited with them. Um, the love of pets is absolutely just incredible. Now, yeah. <laughs> my low of the week, and this one's a little embarrassing, uh, but I'm finally taking down my holiday decor. I was a little late in doing it, uh, putting it up this year. So I thought, okay, I'm keeping it up through the end of January, but I must admit, I'm also a little sad to see it go. You are, you had the, uh, the frosted tree, right? Something special about your tree. Right. It was the glitter, the glitter and flocked tree. You may recall that that was, um, that was fun, but also quite a mess. So I'm not looking forward to actually having to get that out of the house. Um, but it's it's got to go. <laughs> All good things must come to an end. Uh, so the good thing is there's always another Christmas. Right, and, right. Um, it's, it sounds like uh, you might be like my daughter who it's Christmas until June for her. She's watching The Grinch or Jingle Jangle or something Christmassy uh, almost year round. That's right. I, I definitely feel that for sure. So to round out this portion of the segment uh, for my high low buffalo, I wanted to share my buffalo, which is actually a this day in history fact. So in 1905, there was a 3100 carat diamond found in a South African mine. And if you translate that to pounds, that's actually one and a third pound diamond. Can you imagine that? That's just, it's mind boggling. That's a big rock. <laughs> I don't know what you, I mean, I think you just have to keep that on display, right? Because it's, it's a specimen, but 
I, I started thinking that's that's a lot of jewelry. That is, that is. If you were wearing that, um, your your finger might get tired or your neck uh, holding a pound of, of diamond. That's Can you cool. imagine? Yeah. But that's what I've got, Joey. What about your high-low buffalo? All right. So um, it's been a pretty, pretty crazy week. Uh, my high, I, I feel like part of joining this podcast is you're going to hear our life stories about um, family, food, travel, and all that stuff. So I'm still, I'm still fasting. And uh, I, I still feel really good. Uh, so that's my high is um, the way that I feel uh, by cutting out um, some of the the snacks, and I'm actually on uh, vegetarian at the moment. So all of you uh, folks who don't eat meat on the regular, I think you're up to something, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that on uh, on record. But I do, I feel really good. Uh, my low, can't think of a low. Um, it's been a really fun week. Uh, we, we, we brought on a, another full-time consultant uh, for W2, so that I'll just take two highs for the week. And then a <laughs> buffalo is um, one of the things that I, I like about uh, working at my home office is is that my computer, I have like this this widescreen monitor and um, my screens, my background saver for it is like this endless train track thing that looks like it's in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest because it's in the middle of all these mountains. So suffice it to say that Joey loves travel and um, I will be updating this background often so that I don't have FOMO of uh, the day <laughs> where I used to travel when outside was safe again. So your, your fun fact is Joey loves traveling. And um, he, he's coping right now. He's got his coping mechanisms <laughs> for not being on the road. All right. Let's get into talking COVID. Our whole episode mm -hmm. is dedicated mm -hmm. to uh, COVID-19's impact on the workforce. And um, you're probably tuning into this as an HR pro at a, at a business or you're a, a business leader of a small firm. And um, with everything we talk about today, we'll, we'll be able to help you. Um, so mm -hmm. if you see something that is of interest and you want to learn more or you think you should want to engage our services, you can reach us at jumpstart-hr.com. All right. The while we were working segment is uh, an article that is from January 21st, and it says Carhartt says that vaccine mandate stays despite Supreme Court ruling. So uh, for those of you who are following the news, you know that uh, the Supreme Court struck down the, the mandate as, uh, as unconstitutional, or there's at least a, a block on it for now. Mm -hmm. And uh, organizations are saying, you know, it, it, uh, we're, we're going to do what we want to do. So mm -hmm. Summer, let's hear your thoughts on that. And uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and drop the link to this in, in the show notes. Sure thing. Thanks, Joey. And and this article was selected because I, I think there's just still so much that businesses are navigating in regards to COVID. And when I think about uh, the conversations that we're having with clients uh, about how they're navigating this, I think, you know, the race to to this February 9th date where employers were preparing for the vaccine mandate was um, really a mad dash for many. Um, so they're feeling like they're in a little bit of a tailspin right now, you know, working to potentially undo uh, what they thought they were going to be expected to do. On the other hand, I'm hearing that many companies are relieved. And so 
I thought this article was really interesting um, for Carhartt to come forward. And there was a quote in the article and they said, you know, while we appreciate that there may be differing views, workplace safety is an area where we, Carhartt, and the union that represents our associates cannot compromise. Um, the CEO said that an unvaccinated workforce is both a people and business risk that our company is unwilling to take. And when I read that, I thought, well, that's that's a really firm stance in their commitment to the requirement. And, you know, certainly concerns about safety is, you know, it is the biggest issue. Um, when when I think about what the future could hold, um, certainly this could change at any point in time. Um, but right now, you know, companies are really able to make this decision for themselves. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I think that that's an important thing to note in regards to this article is that this is as of right now, but it could still change at any point in time. Yeah, and Summer, the thing that um, stands out to me about this, this line in the sand that Carhartt has drawn is uh, it, it's rooted in their values. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a values-based decision. And so for those uh, people who are, are tuning in and um, aren't quite sure what your organization's values are, um, I can see how it would be hard to come up with a determination to lean on one side or the other with this mm -hmm. issue. Because uh, as, as you said, he said, an unvaccinated work worker is both a people and business risk that our company is unwilling to take. And why are they unwilling to take it? Because safety is a value of them. Mm -hmm. And they believe that um, a vaccinated worker is a safe worker. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, I look at it from the lens of like how their values are guiding their decision making. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that made it a little bit easier because they had a, a decision making framework to pass this through. Um, mm -hmm. I, I lead... Uh, employer brand coaching for, for clients. And um, that's one of the things we, we talk about is your, your values, your corporate values, and how it helps make decisions, um, maybe not easier, but at least uh, mm -hmm. determining if they fall within your values or not. And if so, uh, or if not, rather, how to adjust it. Um, so, so yeah, that was the big thing for me there. And, you know, OSHA is making recommendations or best practices. And I would just implore companies to always remain on the side of legality as you put your flag in the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but understand where within the boundary of legality, you mm -hmm. have room for interpretation of the law. And if you need help with that, obviously, I'd recommend an employment attorney or an mm -hmm. HR consultant uh, from our team to help you navigate those issues. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Summer, were there any other aspects that stood out to you about this topic or about this frame or about this, uh, this, this season that we're in about COVID and, and vaccines? Well, I think in terms of this article, you touched on the main point and, and I wanted to make sure, and I'm glad that you mentioned it, that this, what, this decision was the uh, was the result of following their values, the company values that they're committed to. And I think the takeaway from this is really just to stay close uh, to you know everything OSHA in regards 
to COVID uh, because there will continue to be guidance. And we recognize that as a small business, that you have so many other priorities and that it's difficult to stay up to date with things that seem to be changing uh, on a weekly, sometimes the daily basis. And so uh, just wanted to make a quick plug and just say, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you navigate that. And uh, we have an expert team on standby, uh, ready to help answer any questions uh, that you guys may have. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to chase because if mm -hmm. you if you're following the the news, uh, there are federal decisions being made, but then there are are state decisions being made, mm -hmm. and then if you're like me, I live near near DC and Baltimore, there are city decisions being made, mm -hmm. and so how are you to navigate uh, what to to follow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you if you trust your gut in Google mm -hmm. by researching, um, you know, COVID vaccine mandate requirement, mm -hmm. you may find an article for a law that's in Topeka, Kansas, but you live mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas, and so right. um, it's very important to understand that uh, you want to stay within the the confines of the law um, for your area. That's the mm -hmm. that's the big thing is your is your area. So I think I think we hit that one pretty good. Um, the the main thing is, well, I guess there's several main things to unpack, but uh, values help you make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, safety, I think, is an important mm -hmm. value. Uh, laws are always changing, and mm -hmm. uh, as we see the balance of power, a president can say something, the Supreme Court say, ah, ah not so fast, right. and then an agency. A government agency can can make a best case recommendation, mm -hmm. um, and then I think the final thing is uh, just having a pulse on how any any uh, leaning um, would have on your on your employees and your employee mm -hmm. engagement. Um, I think that's a big part of it too. So mm -hmm. that's that's what I got. Well, in keeping with the same theme, because there's so much to chat about, and because this is such a very common topic that we're working with on our clients and have been for some time. I thought that it would be great to continue the conversation right into like in regards to companies that have a vaccine requirement, how they're actually managing this within their organization. Because I think there's a lot of um, what I would call, you know, kind of uh, traps that companies could fall into compliance issues that they may not even know exist in regards to these items. So wanted to answer the question that we've been asked many times. Uh, and this is, uh, if a company has a vac vaccination requirement, should they be keeping copies of the vaccine records? What do you think? You know, it's a great question. I, um, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a firm stance on uh, on on tracking the cards. Mm -hmm. If if you had to pick one one side or another, I think it would be um, self identifying or um, doing the honor system, mm -hmm. and maybe there be a visual check in the same way that we do visual checks for for form I nines. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's my thought. What do you what do you think, Summer? 
I like the visual check idea and comparing it to the I-9 because that should be a process that uh, small business owners and HR professionals are familiar with, like actually needing to see the documentation. <clears throat> and I, I do think that the requirement, it's definitely uh, on a on a case by case. And by that, I mean a business by business, like an individual business decision. I think it depends on the workforce. Uh, and I say that because there are some companies that I think their culture and their workforce is high trust. Mm -hmm. And that could be a better fit for having an honor policy as opposed to perhaps a workforce that has really high turnover, maybe not high retention, maybe they haven't built a lot of trust to really know that when their teams say that they're vaccinated, that they truly are. But, yeah. But I uh, will I'll, say, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so much to say. <laughs> uh, I was just going to talk a little bit about if a company does have a vaccine requirement, what uh, what some of the considerations are. But was there something you wanted to add before we go there? Well, I was just going to say on that topic of, of high trust, um, there are so many uh, competing factors or complicated factors mm -hmm. of whether it makes sense to, to, to show and keep record of vaccine cards because I can imagine, you know, a factory setting where there is high close contact uh, mm -hmm. from individuals to individual um, mm -hmm. or in a medical profession, you know, that environment, you would probably lean more towards having a uh, requirement a of the vaccine, but then B uh, proof of vaccine, because as much as you would want to trust your team, mm -hmm. there could be a, uh, a compliance or liability factor mm -hmm. that uh, you would want to uh, protect your company against by mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, we did our best effort to ensure mm -hmm. everybody's vaccine uh, vaccinated, and we have the card to hand." Um, but maybe in a, a you know, professional services firm where a, a team is, is fully remote. Mm -hmm. um, it may be more about the honor system uh, because mm -hmm. there isn't that high uh, interaction of individuals on your team or mm -hmm. individuals with customers or vendors. So mm -hmm. that's, that's why I said it's, it's pretty complex. So mm -hmm. that, not to, not to um, derail your, your train of thought. I hope you remember where you were going. Um, oh, for that's, that's what I'd say. For sure. Uh, to add to that, I'd also say that there are some industries specifically that have vaccine requirements. So to touch, and we're going to kind of go back a little bit to the top of the show where we were talking about uh, making, you know, requirements. And, you know, there are some industries like some food industries, right, that have a vaccine requirement in order to, to be serving the public. And I think in those situations, when you think about if I'm a business owner and I'm audited and, and I need to prove that my team members are vaccinated, I think those are circumstances where actually having the documentation would be a benefit. So yeah. I, I think it when I say it's on a case by case basis, like a business by business basis, there's so many different considerations. And those are the conversations that we're having with these small businesses to look at what makes the most sense for them. And if they do have a vaccination requirement, you know, there is that question, okay, we've decided we're collecting 
this documentation. Now, how are we going to do it? So when I started working with clients on this some time ago, there uh, wasn't the luxury of uh, some enhancements to some technology that's now being built and, and made available to help manage this. There's, you know, vaccine requirement, um, vaccine requirement tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some of the advice that we're providing is one, treat it as you would any other sort of confidential medical information. So what that means is that it should be um, placed in a separate medical file and it should be limited to those that have a need, like access to it on a need to know basis. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, this isn't um, just an issue for, for, for larger firms to wrestle with, should they do this or not? I could think of, let's say there is a um, at home dog grooming or, uh, you know, in-home piano teacher, Mm -hmm. small business, right? Mm -hmm. And you need to uh, reduce your your exposure to liability if Mm -hmm. if one of your customers claims that they, you know, contacted COVID from from one of your team members. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an issue for small and large businesses to wrestle with. And the other thing, too, is to your point you mentioned earlier about whether or not it's in your best interest to do one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just uh, I forgot where I was going, but I think I was going down the trail of um, realizing that sometimes it's not it's not even up to us to make that call mm-hmm. because maybe your um, your business insurance may say you have to do this or maybe mm-hmm. your 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 government says that you have to do this mm-hmm. and so we don't sometimes get the opportunity to weigh in on it we mm-hmm. just we just have to do it so all the more reason to understand your local guidelines and mm-hmm. uh, we're happy to help with that some of the complexities that can occur that i have seen actually play out is a company has a vaccination requirement, but they also have vendors that come into their office and they have a cleaning service that comes into their office. And so now trying to manage, like if the expectation is, is that anybody that's coming into your office is also vaccinated, it, it can become a much more complicated process to manage and it needs to be managed, you know, carefully. So if, you know, there's, there's vendors or the cleaning service, you know, we, we need to have processes in place to ensure that, you know, they're not potentially creating exposure or safety concern as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I went to the, um, I went to the dentist last week for cleaning and I had to fill out, you know, my, my COVID worksheet and, Mm -hmm. um, there's that exposure as a as a customer of a business mm-hmm. uh, in addition to vendors that move in and out of businesses mm-hmm. that we have to be mindful of so right. this is this is the fun part of running a business is uh <laughs> keeping everybody safe and understanding you know where we can push and where we can pull uh where we, where we can bend or where we can't uh, fun times sure thing i think there's another Another piece to this that I wanted to dialogue about today, and that is 
in regards to requiring proof of a positive test to potentially, you know, to take time off under leave policies or uh, should companies be requiring proof of a negative test to return um, after they've been gone? And this is a question that comes up just as frequent as the initial question of, you know, should, be, should we be requiring uh, proof of vaccination? So Joey, what are your thoughts on requiring documentation for a leave or to return um, after positive results? Well, uh, as far as leave is concerned, I would I would still err on the side of if you're experiencing any symptoms, then you should probably keep to yourself until you're able to get a test that will either confirm your suspicions or uh, rule out COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's just a prudent thing to do. I think that may be a, a CDC guideline today. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Because they, they, they update frequently. Um, but... I would, I would only go as far to say as uh, if you have symptoms, um, you should probably stay away. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe your, your organization allows you to work from home um, so you can continue to do that. But mm -hmm. as far as contacting anyone or being in proximity, uh, it would probably be best to, to um, stay at home. And then as far as returning to work uh, with, with a, uh, a negative proof of negative test, I would probably also err on the side of, of, of CDC, which says, uh, you know, five days after um, a positive test, as well as being um, showing no symptoms, mm -hmm. as, in addition to um, what are the other requirements? In addition to uh, wearing a mask uh, around people. Um, so mm -hmm. I, would, I would just follow those guidelines. But other organizations may need to be more stringent because of the risk exposure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in professional mm -hmm. services, but a, a health system may need to, to be more mm -hmm. stringent for um, first responders or uh, education settings. Uh, they mm -hmm. need to be more stringent. So mm -hmm. it's a big fat. It depends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It, it is. It is. And, and that's why we're getting so many questions on this, because it isn't, it, it isn't extremely clear for all organizations. They, they think they have to look at so many factors and then make the best decision that they can. Um, and that's what we're here to support. So <clears throat> you mentioned a little bit about the CDC guidelines for requiring documentation and you're right. The CDC uh, essentially has, has said that you know companies should evaluate their process to essentially not make it more difficult than necessary for folks that may be sick to take this time off. And I I kind of struggled with that when I was when I was reading it because you know I'm I'm a policy creator and a policy follower and an enforcer and I'm thinking about you know, things like, no, in order to take a medical leave, like you need to provide documentation. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if we have individuals who suspect that they may have COVID, I don't want to create a barrier between them and taking time off if they think that they need that time. So I did have to kind of think through it and how this is, in my opinion, an exception to the traditional um, sick and or medical disability type 
leave of absence. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did also struggle with the thought of not requiring proof to return to work. Um, but, you know, I felt like if a company was not going to require documentation to go out, then they shouldn't require it to come back. But I, I do believe that um, <clears throat> it's possible to not require the documentation to go out, um, but that if somebody comes forward and says, hey, I was out for COVID, then depending, again, depending on their industry and their circumstances, they may decide that they require that documentation. But I think the overarching message here is that um, the CD says, CDC says it's not, um, it's not necessary, so companies can truly choose what's best for them, um, unless there's specific requirements for their industry. Yeah, there's a huge, if, if I'm an owner of a business, uh, I'm thinking of a fraud, right? I'm thinking of who's out there saying that they have symptoms, <laughs> but then are taking that trip to Miami <laughs> and, right. because they've got five days to, mm -hmm. to do so. Uh, but, but because of the nature of this um, pandemic that we're in and almost the all hands approach to uh, preserving um, the safety of those around us, it, it does require us to step outside of our comfort zone mm -hmm. of, um, policy, compliance, paperwork, documentation, um, to, to, to think of the greater good of like, well, what if this person did have it and we had them mm -hmm. come into the office, uh, which would lead to a greater conversation about presenteeism, right? Showing mm -hmm. up to work and having cultures where we show up where we're not, where we're not our best selves. Um, so it's an interesting time, really, really interesting time. I uh, can't wait till we're able to to manage um, COVID a little bit better. And uh, when that day comes, maybe we won't have to do episodes on, on it. But until then, we'll do podcast episodes and provide consulting. Summer, did you have any parting thoughts? Well, I think it was a great discussion today. And I was excited to see that we have a handful of listeners and, and individuals engaging in the discussion. And I know everybody's likely quite tired and exhausted talking about COVID, but I do think that um, as long as we're in this space of needing to navigate it, there's going to be complexities. And you just wanted to invite everybody to reach out to us uh, if they have questions or if they need support in this area, because we would love to connect and, and have discussions um, to help others navigate you know, these complexities as well. Absolutely. So Summer, thanks for another great episode of While We Were Working. If you loved this, uh, go ahead and share it uh, with your colleagues on your, uh, on your LinkedIn feed uh, and, a, and a PM. Uh, if you're listening on podcasts, why not leave a, a five-star review and share this episode out. And uh, if you have questions that you want us to tackle on our consultant's corner, shoot us an email at hello at jumpstart-hr.com where we're able to get in contact with you and you might hear your question on the air. So this was episode 10. I think we're going to go celebrate or something because 10 is a, yeah. a nice, a nice number to celebrate. But again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thanks everyone.